0: Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zippybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibi Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zippymag.com. We have classes at zippyclasses.com. And I recently opened a books. Store in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Whitney Hansen is the author of Harmony. She is also the author of Home and climate. Through Whitney's vulnerability and authenticity, she is connected with thousands of readers and adamantly believes that poetry is not a dead language. Rather, it is the key to unlocking true vulnerability, which leads to deeper connection with one another. Whitney grew up in rural Montana and now lives in South Carolina.
1: Whitney, welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am glad to have you here with your very adorable new haircut, which we were just discussing, which I know about because I have been listening to you reading your poems on Instagram. I do not have TikTok. I know you are a TikTok phenomenon, as I read in your materials. I, do, I'm, I think I'm too old for TikTok, but that's probably up for debate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think no one's too old for TikTok you'll find something for everyone on TikTok, but um, I definitely am focused a little bit on Instagram more lately. So you're seeing most of my content
1: anyway. <laughs> Thank goodness, exactly. I don't need to be doing any dance moves or anything like that. I'm getting all the good stuff in my, I, th- I think it's relatable actually. I feel like a lot of listeners of this podcast are probably on Instagram versus TikTok, but I could be wrong. Maybe Zibi needs to day after.
2: I almost think that TikTok is almost more focused on like, like instant gratification and Instagram has become more of a place of artistic expression. Mm -hmm. And so I almost find myself fitting in more on Instagram now because of that. So yeah, I would think that a lot of people listening are probably people who, who spend more time on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like moms, but also I see a lot of like the only TikToks I do see are when people repost them on Instagram, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I saw this TikTok on Instagram. I'm re- I'm really yeah. hating myself now in this conversation, Whitney. We just <laughs> started. <So. laughs> it's okay, <laughs> but we are here today to talk about Harmony, your absolutely beautiful collection of poems. I found it. Achy in the really best possible way to read, I want you to take that as a compliment because it was heart-wrenching and beautiful. I think anybody who has lost anyone, but particularly who has lost someone before their time, will find so many places in your words that think, oh my God, this is speaking from my own heart directly. And, you know, it's, it was a real, it was a journey. It's a journey through your experience and a journey for the reader. It was a really beautiful, beautiful work. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And so why why don't you tell everybody who hasn't yet read it, what is Harmony about?
2: Harmony is a book that I always knew I think that I would write. It was always in the back of my mind as something that is an important piece of my story because all of my feelings in poetry a lot of times kind of stem back from my childhood. And so Harmony is about experiencing grief in my childhood. Um, I was around 16 years old, but I still kind of consider that, I kind of consider that like a turning point. And so Harmony is all about that turning point of realizing how temporary Life is because when I was 16 years old, I lost my best friend. And when you're 16, arguably your best friend is like your most important person in your life. And so I, I lost my best friend when I was 16. And so I feel like that changed my perspective on life and on love a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I have always kind of, kind of wanted to write this book to document that process of grief and um, how that was incorporated with me becoming an adult and me maturing and growing up. And so that's what harmony is, is it's a documentation
1: of that process through a poetic lens. Were you writing, so first of all, have you always written poetry? Has that been something you've been doing since you were even younger than you are now?
2: I started with writing music, which actually kind of ties into the title of harmony because I wanted to incorporate music because it's another big part of artistic expression for me. But I started with writing music, which I think ties really closely to poetry. And then um, when I was around 15 or 16 years old, that's when I really started writing poetry. I had a, a teacher who really encouraged me to write. She would try to get me to enter in all these uh, poetry competitions and things like that. And that was really huge for me
1: in my journey with writing. So are the poems, you know, because I think the structure of the collection really takes you through the kind of before, through the really raw stages of early grief and then kind of, you know, through your entire process. Are the poems from the earlier part of the collection things that you were writing at the time, or is that you kind of reflecting back on how you were feeling, thinking about it now.
2: There are a few poems sprinkled in there that were from years ago, but for the most part, the poems in the book were written like five years later. And one thing that I really tried to do though was to kind of put myself back in that place. Mm -hmm. And a few ways that I did that was by listening to music while I was writing and listening to music that brought me back to that place. Cause I think that music has a way of like teleporting us to a different time. And so music was a big part of my writing process. And then also it was challenging to really put myself back in that mindset and almost like relive those feelings and those emotions and those experiences. And so, so that was something that was really hard about writing this book Yeah. But it was also something that was really important to me that I depict it in a, in a way that someone who is currently grieving someone or someone who has just lost someone can resonate with the book.
1: Do you write, uh, do well, so you music and poetry, do you write other things besides that? Like, do you need like a palate cleanser sort of, I sometimes think writing about something really intense and personal, you almost need like a little writing break to go do something else. Like, are you like secretly writing a vampire love story or a space opera or something in the background as well?
2: (laughs) My current dream is
1: a children's book because
2: for that very reason that I felt like the last several things that I've written have been really heavy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to step away. So I'm, I really would like to write a children's book. I'm just like stirring some concepts around. I haven't actually gotten started on it, but that's, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I've also found myself like having to read really light material too uh-huh. because,
1: because I kind of need to bring myself out of that, yeah. that state. It's hard to be in there all the time. I think it's, it's can be a lot. So I really, I love to do that. Anything light that you've read recently that you've loved? Like what's your good counterpart book to this one?
2: So when I was a teenager, I was really into the Percy Jackson series. Uh And then um, recently he came out with like a new Percy Jackson book that was just like the the sequel. And so I, I recently just read that one because it just kind of Made me feel like a kid again,
1: <laughs> and my um, daughter's obsessed with those books and the TV shows now on Disney Plus. If you uh, yeah, I've I've been
2: watching that too. <laughs> so so that's been really good for me. And then I've also just kind of been reading like fantasy and and things that are just like whimsical and
1: light and not too heavy. So I love it. So I told you I was going through your Instagram. In your profile, you have you say poetry isn't a dead language and. I'm wondering where that, do you think that younger people, do you think people your age, do they think of poetry as a dead language? Do you think there's like a renaissance of poetry? Kind of Where does that come from, that feeling that you need to state that actually poetry is not a dead language?
2: I think when most people think of poetry, they think of something that's like super intellectual or hard to comprehend or old. I think of like when you think of a poetry book, I don't know, I think often you think of like an old poetry book that you were forced to read in English class and dissect and figure out what it meant and so I think that for me I want to bring poetry to a young audience Mm -hmm. and remind people that poetry just like any other form of art can can be as simple or complex as you want it to be and so that's that's my goal with with that statement is just to remind people that that poetry is important.
1: And I mean, clearly it's working because you have uh, an extraordinary number of followers on multiple platforms. And I'm guessing that a lot of people first access your writing through social media and through you reading your poems online. I mean, that I had not really thought about how that must be helping a totally new generation access poetry in a different way than I did, which is exactly how you described, like give me an Emily Dickinson poem in school and we have to like dissect every... Line, I mean, do you think of yourself as a performance artist as well as a poet?
2: Yeah, I definitely would say so. I, I haven't actually thought about it that way, but I think that there is a whole nother aspect of the expression in the performance of the poetry, and also a whole nother aspect of healing in being able to speak the poetry myself. Mm-hmm. So I started reading my poetry for TikTok an Instagram by reading it in my car, just to my cell phone. And wow. that was like kind of my, my therapy session almost for the day is I would go, I drive to an empty parking lot and I would sit there and I would read poetry out loud. And I think that that is such a powerful thing to, to be able to speak those things out loud, not just write them down. Mm-hmm. And so it's been something that's super important for me, adding that aspect of of performance to to my writing.
0: Okay. We can't, Or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS.
1: I think it really does bring it in a different way. So normally, if I'm doing one of these podcasts, I will read a little bit that I loved. I don't, I'm like kind of nervous about doing that because you read your own work so beautifully. Can I, I just want, I have like a little snippet. Is that okay? I'm, I'm doing a, maybe I should read it. Yeah, that's okay. Repeat it back to me, but there's, I pulled out so many different (laughs) things. I just wanted to read this one, which was so beautiful, which is. I love
2: hearing other people read my poetry. So I, I'm excited for you to read it, but I, I love it because in a way, it's them making it their own and in their interpretation of it.
1: And so I'm excited for you to read it and I'm happy that you're reading it. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that before I read it. Actually, that's good. Cause then if I, no, I mean, you know it's hard to mess up beautiful words like these but this is the part i pulled out of out of many, many ones that I was going to read. So you say, grief will teach you one of two lessons how to run from love or how to run toward it. You choose which lesson you learn which I just thought was extremely powerful. And I think, you know, as as a mom, and I know a lot of the listeners of this podcast are mom, you know, when you go through a grief event in your family, there's your own grief, but then you're thinking about how to support your children, you know, in a different way. I mean, I know this is a tough question for anybody, um, but particularly someone young, but I mean, are there ways in which, you were or wish you would have been supported as a young person going through this at 16 years old that you think moms and dads and other parents out there should hear?
2: Well, that is partially my my goal with this book is to be able to give parents or someone who knows someone who's grieving a tool to be able to help someone. So either by reading this book and maybe finding some understanding so that you can connect with that person or by gifting this book to someone who is going through it. I think just the gift of understanding is super important because for me, there was just nobody in in my family who had been through the kind of loss that I was experiencing. And so I think they they didn't necessarily know how how to help so i think that one important thing that family members or people who are close to someone who is grieving can do is to to learn about it and to ask questions about it because i think that most of the time when someone is grieving they they want to talk about it mm-hmm. they want to talk about that person that they lost and giving them that space to do that is something that's extremely important and just the effort to try to
1: understand is important. I think that's so true. I think the natural response is almost to want to avoid it or to think probably, you know, this person who's grieving has been thinking about it nonstop and they want to think something different. So I'm not going to bring it up, but that has certainly been my experience as well. I think people do really want to talk about the loved one that they lost, that that's a really important part of the process and not just, the grieving process, but the ongoing process of living your life without the person that you had there. So I think that's an amazing thing to say. Now, you've you've been doing a book tour. You're just back fairly recently from your book tour. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, beginning of December was my last event. And I wa- watched like an introduction you did about yourself and you sort of said something like you didn't actually say you hate people, but I get the impression that you're like maybe... <laughs> You know, in these big rooms is not exactly where you always want to be. How was book tour for you? How was actually getting in front of all these people and sharing your words and hearing what they had to say about them?
2: It was incredible and also an emotional roller coaster. Mm. I told this story a lot on my tour, but when I had planned to go on a, on tour, I had planned it before I had even written Harmony and it was before i even knew what the book was going to be about and so i i had had this dream of going on tour because i really do love to actually connect with people and i think that social media allows some form of connection but it's very different when you can actually meet people face to face and and see see their facial expressions and see how you are how you, your art is resonating with them so I'd been wanting to do a tour for a while because I do, I was very nervous, but I do actually like people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what you said. You were like, I love people and also I hate people. And I was like, I think we all kind of feel that way a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I tend to be more introverted, but Mm
2: -hmm. I, I do love people. (laughs) So I planned this tour before I Really knew what the book was going to be about, and I kind of already committed to the next book that I write. I'm going to tour for that book, okay? And so I wrote Harmony, and then I like set the plan in motion to go on tour. And then I had this moment right before I went on tour where I was like, "What have I done? Like, (laughs) what am I doing?" Because (laughs) because it was such a heavy book, and then I signed myself up to to go talk about basically my most traumatizing childhood experience in front of a live audience. (laughs) And I really had a a moment of like, what did I sign myself up for? But it turned out being incredibly validating because Mm -hmm. I had so many people come up to me that were like, you know, this, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And I resonate with this part of your story so much. And I resonate with this part of your story so much. And so it was huge for me. And I truthfully <laughs> cried after almost every event because of just how emotional it was to, to meet people and hear people's stories. And so it was, it was very moving and very rewarding, but it was also uh, emotionally exhausting a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds extraordinary. Now, tell me what's up next for you. I know you have this retreat in Bali, which... I'm trying to figure out if I can make my way over there. But what's tell me what's, what's ahead for you in 2024. I would love it if you joined us in Bali, <laughs> first of all. But
2: I am doing
1: a lot of, I'm doing at least two
2: retreats. And one thing that I've been really focused on is community and connecting with people and collaborating with artists. And so I have been um, working with a musician on possibly releasing some poetry collaboration with music. I am working on doing my retreats, which is a, another way to connect with people and hopefully inspire people to get into writing. And so really right now I'm, I'm really focused on community and, and connecting with people and figuring out how I can collaborate
1: with people in my art. I love it. I, I am planning a retreat in Scotland for next year as well. So we could do a retreat swap. You can come to Scotland. I'll come to Bali with you. This sounds like a wonderful plan for me. <laughs> I think I might get the better end that, of it. That sounds <laughs> amazing. It sounds awesome. Oh Well, Whitney, it's been so <laughs> nice to chat with you. We always like to finish up here with some advice you have for writers. What would you say to the aspiring writers out there that are listening?
2: I think the number one thing that I've learned in the past year is the importance of community and especially as a creative or someone who creates from their bedroom and doesn't get out in the world much especially in this like social media age the importance of community and finding people who support you in your writing and and who you can even work with and expand your horizons I think that that's something that's Been hugely important for me in this past year. And I think that that
1: is something that is hugely important for any kind of artist, any kind of creative. I think that is so beautiful. It can feel a little bit lonely sometimes creating on your own in your room. So I think that's a beautiful message. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for writing this beautiful poetry collection. Harmony is out. Everybody can pick up a copy. Check out Whitney's wide social media presence on Instagram, TikTok, and I think you should check out her Bali retreat because it looks amazing. So thank you for coming on
0: today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.